This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Woo, here it is in the middle of September. We're talking about gardening. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you are tuned in to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is the program we call the Gestalt Gardener. For the next hour or so, we're going to be t- going boldly where a few people, have, where a few gardeners have grown before. It's a tribute to Star Trek's 50th anniversary, but we're going to be talking about gardening here on Terra Firma. Get our hands in the dirt of our real, real gardens. Sit back, folks. We're going to do a little bit of news and come back with your live phone calls, some cheesy music, and mostly just about gardening for the next hour or so let's just talk gardening in the deep south again horticulturist fellow rushing the gestalt garden here on mississippi public broadcasting we'll be right back this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Garden, the final front yard frontier. My mission is to explore strange new ground, to seek out new plants and new designs. To boldly grow where few people have grown before. Whoa! Hey, happy anniversary, Star Trek. 50 years. Jason? I mean, Jonas? I just got through talking to Jason. He's trying to find me a coffee cup out there, and I can't figure out how—I can't boldly go— if I can't figure out how to work the coffee machine. You need a bold cup of coffee to yeah. boldly go, and no man well, has boldly gone before. You know, it's got blinking lights. I got coffee, I got a cup, but they got blinking lights. And as you know, Jonas, I'm scared to push buttons up here. We'll figure it out for you. Yeah. Well, we're going to be talking about gardening the next little while, and I'm um, glad to be here, folks. Uh, welcome back to the Gestalt Gardener. Jonas uh, Adams is our super producer. And we're going to be talking about nothing but gardening. I hear that... Uh, uh, the phone's ringing this. I know people are ready to start talking about gardening. And I've got a few things to talk about this morning about uh, things that are going on, some events coming up. But we're going to talk about all those kind of things and more. So, but sit back, relax. It is a live call-in program. If you want to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring Jonas, I'm going to jump right in with some phones if we can just do that because we got a call from Jetta in Slidell, Louisiana. Good morning, Jetta. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call. Oh, we're well, just jumping right. Thanks. We're just jumping right in on this, aren't we? Yes, sir. I have a um, a large gardenia in a in a big pot on my on my back porch right uh-huh. now, 
and I want to transplant it, put it in the ground, um, and I'm just wondering, I'm real nervous about it because it's been producing beautiful flowers for two yeah. years now. I want to put it in the ground, and I'm wondering whether I should do it this fall or if I should wait till next spring, or what do you recommend? Well, I, I would, I would, I would not plant it right now because to put it in the ground, it's been grown in potting soil, and those roots are shaped like a pot and like potting soil. They're used to potting soil, and when you put it in the ground, you need to loosen that potting soil up, kind of loosen up the roots a little bit, and uh, so that it can get used to your dirt. And that's not a good thing to do right now. So I'd, I'd wait till oh, November. When we start getting a little cool weather, when plants start going dormant, when the trees have dropped their leaves, and if you'll do that sometime, let's say uh, Slidell, late October, November, even December, the plant will be pretty well established by next spring, and then you don't have to worry about it so much. Okay, great. All right. Thank you so much. Let, let me throw out another suggestion. It's a pretty big plant, right? Yes, it is. It's okay. very it, it It would be a good thing. Since you've got to loosen it up, it's got to get used to your dirt. Now, be sure to, again, loosen the potting soil up and stir it in with your dirt. That's all you need. You know, dig an ice-wide hole and use this potting soil as a soil amendment mixing with your native dirt. But I would still either thin out some of the branches or prune the whole plant back, you know, a third or so. Just give it a good, a, a good haircut before it starts growing next year to kind of balance the top with the roots. And it'll do just great. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you very much. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling, Jetta. Uh-huh. All righty. You know, there's all sorts of things going on. They've got the Hummingbird Festival up uh, up in North Mississippi. Uh, you know, we're going to be talking about that in a little while. Also, uh, next week, we're going to have a Gourd Festival in uh, in Raleigh, Mississippi. We've got all sorts of things coming up. I want to start talking about uh, Wells Fest here in Jackson. They're going to have uh, my, my friend Lloyd Minecrief is going to be having some pass-along plants there for, uh, for sale. It's a fundraiser. So there's plenty of things to talk about. And if you've got some events that, that you'd like to share, uh, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Got all sorts of stuff. The Gourd Festival uh, is going to be... Um, I don't know the exact date. Oh, it's September 16th and 17th. This is coming weekend, the 7th Annual Mississippi Gourd Festival. I've been to two or three of them. It's a lot of fun. It's in Raleigh, Mississippi. It's, uh, really, it's at the Ag Complex. Not hard to find at all in Raleigh, Mississippi. Uh, but it's going to you know, be you know, just Friday and Saturday. They're going to have all sorts of gourds. They've got gourd music. They've got gourd art. They've got uh, gourd seeds. They've got gourd... It just, all things gorgeous. A lot of fun people, and I think you really enjoy that. But again, that's September 16th and 17th, and uh, we'll be talking about that and a whole lot of other stuff over the next little while. But if you want to give us a phone call and talk about your garden, it's real, real easy. Give us a toll-free uh, a call to a toll-free number, one eight seven seven mpb ring uh, By the way, this is also, Jonas, this is an oddball thing, but this week is the 100th anniversary of Jitney Jungle. Now, did they have Jitney Jungles when when you came here to Jackson? They did. I definitely remember Jitney Jungle when I first came down. Yep, and a lot of people don't don't, don't even know what Jitney Jitney was an old slang term for for push carts, like what you you know put your your stuff in. But this is a hundredth anniversary of Jitney Jungle started here in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, you want to give us a call again? One eight seven seven MPB ring. So uh, Jitney is fifty years older than Star Trek. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, and I, I would imagine you know a hundred hmm. years ago pushing one of those cars sort of felt like you're soaring through the new universe. Cause so I making was the- sure my math was up to par this early <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I had some excitement this past week. If that's what you want to call it. Yeah, excitement. My old pickup truck, and a lot of people here in Jackson know it because I drive around a lot, pretty much all over the state. Everywhere I go, including from Texas to Chicago to, to uh, New York, Boston, Key West, all over the place thousands and thousands of miles every year in an old beat-up pickup truck that I got from my dad. 
and I planted stuff in the back of it. Uh, vegetables, herbs, flowers, shrubs, ground covers, whatever it will take, incredible summer heat, and harsh, sudden, deep winter freezes, and 81 miles an hour. I've been growing stuff in the back of that truck since my son was in a baby seat. He's a Marine and an attorney now. Uh, I've been doing that a long time. A lot of people have seen that old truck. Well, last week, I walked my dog, walked around the block, came back up. Truck was gone. Somebody stole my truck, stole my pickup truck with the frogs, with the bottle trees, with the silver eagle hood ornament, with the hula girl, all that stuff. Stole it. Uh, luckily, you know, and I'm kind of stoic about it. I said, well, you know, it's just it needed a paint job anyway. And just whoever got it, hope they water it. But uh, two nights later, um, they found it five blocks away. Somebody had taken it for a little bit of a joyride. But in the process, they threw away my garden. They threw away my bottle trees, my frogs, my silver eagle hood ornament that had a million miles under its beak. Uh, threw away my hula girl. And uh, anyway, it's uh, sort of heartbreaker, but I'm kind of stoic about it. I'm, you know, my glass is neither half empty or half full. It's just a glass. But anyway, two nights later, they found it. No plants, no garden art, no bling, no nothing. But it's a, still a nice, cool old pickup truck. And I'm going to do what gardens do. We're going to just plant again. I've, I've got uh, some people who are already interested in, in, uh, in helping have a little garden party, a little replanting party. But anyway, got my truck back. And if anybody has seen a hula girl with a green skirt, or you see some bottle trees inside the road, let me know. We got the truck back, but the bottle trees are still roaming around there someplace. Anyway, that's just the way it is. You know, you got to kind of roll with the punch. I'm, I'm uh, Like I say, I'm, I'm glad to have a truck, and it's in a good shape, and it drives real good, and we're going to replant it and see what we can come up with. But uh, anyway, let's go right now to Columbus and talk with Thomas, uh, Columbia. Hey, Thomas, good morning. Good morning. So. I did a, a solarization project early last year, uh-huh. and uh, we had had a tornado, and we had a bunch of tree trunks ground. Yeah. So I figured, well, I was trying to build up my soil, and so I, I let I, I put the pine bark and the shavings in there. Well, all that rotted to the core. I mean, it just rotted real good, and I thought I had a good garden bed. Plus, I put some black cow stuff in there and did other things, and uh then it, my garden didn't do what they flipped this year. My tomatoes would get like, you'd pick them, they'd get a little black spot on them. Uh-huh. And then by in the morning, they'd be totally just ruined with just a black all over them. Uh, and I'm going to do the solarization project again, but I'm not putting any any tree uh, trimmings off there for when they ground the stumps. Right. What do you suggest I do to that spot? It's about a 30 by 30. What, uh, uh, you know about what percentage it is, you know, bark and stuff like that to real dirt? Sir, it, it, had, it had really turned, it had really turned uh, into dirt yeah. by the time I was starting to put it on yeah. there. Well, here, here's... Uh, what, what I was getting at is I would dig down a little deeper and bring some real dirt up and mix the two together because it sounds like you just overdid it, you know, and j- you're growing basically in potting soil in the ground. So, you know, mm-hmm. what what I would recommend, and I wouldn't do anything. I don't think you need to solarize or anything like that. I just th- think you need to dig a little bit deeper, bring up some dirt and mix the two together. Sort of, It's like you got a bunch of crackers floating around on the top of your bowl of chili, 
You know, let's mix yeah. it. Let's mix the two together. Uh, also, when, when you put a lot of organic matter in the soil, it temporarily can make it a little bit more acidic. That usually settles out, but it wouldn't hurt to put just a little bit of agricultural lime out there every three or four years, just a little bit. Okay. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, how big an area do you say it was? Go ahead. How, how, how big an area is it? About 30 by 30. You know, that's, um, I'm going to say that's close to 1,000 square feet. You know, I, I would imagine 50, 100 pounds would do it, you what, know. What, what I ran into is I got some of the worst grass. It's not like, say, regular grass. So like St. Albertine right. or Zossia, but it's just wild. Yeah, now I need to, that's why I was going to do the solarization project yeah. again. But all that's going to do is kill the grasses there, and more are going to come back from seed. It's really hard to kill all those seeds. So what I would do is I would just garden. Uh, I would I would do solarization. Just going to kill the existing grass, it, and you're going to get more from seeds. You know, so it's uh, it's a good idea, but it's really hard to pull off. Um, so you know what what I would think about you could are you growing in like skinny rows like a regular old like a like a farm type garden? Are you doing yeah. wide rows? Yeah, yeah, just in rows. Yeah. yeah, let me suggest this. Instead of the little skinny rows, you know, individual rows, um, you know, make wide rows and plant, a, you know, in, instead of just a row and a furrow and a row and a furrow, make it wide enough where you could plant two rows of something down on one wide row. And then okay. when you when you plant stuff, cover it up with, in between the plants, with, with the individual plants like tomatoes and peppers and stuff, with stuff like cardboard or newspaper or whatever, and, and smaller things, uh, seeded things like corn or beans or whatever, with some leaves or, or just mulch. And if you'll plant and immediately cover the ground up with a good thick layer of mulch, a lot of those weed seeds won't sprout. Just just uh, till the, the weeds in, and as soon as you plant, cover it up with mulch, and that'll do a, a whole lot better job than just about anything. Okay. All right. What about the black spots on the tomatoes? Were they just, was it, just overnight? Yeah. Was it on the tomatoes themselves or the plants? Oh, uh, the tomatoes. Yeah. There, uh, there, there's, there's so many different kinds of diseases that can cause, cause spots. There, there's some are bacterial, some are fungi, but mainly if you'll keep the plants staked or and mulched to keep dirt from splashing on them, and then when you okay. water, try to water the, you know, the, the, the ground rather than the plant. You know, if you have yeah. a wide row, you can water down the middle of it, and that waters plants on both sides of it. In other words, okay. keep, keep the plants as dry as possible, and mulch will help keep a lot of stuff from splashing up on the fruit. All right, well, I'll do that then. Thank you. All right, appreciate your call. Thank you. All right, Thomas here in Columbia. You want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring we're gonna, I've got a couple of announcements about things coming up, uh, including the Kapai County Master Gardens. Let's take a real quick break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. Again, I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is a, one of many, many weekly productions of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We've got a whole lot of interesting stuff going on. I've uh, got some events that I'm going to announce. I answer emails pretty much all week long. I think there's three or four I didn't get to the other day. Uh, but anytime you have a gardening question, you can't get answers at your local garden center or your county extension office or master gardeners, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. we got some cheesy music coming up in just a little while, but a little quick break. We'll come back with some more garden events. I'm, again, horticulturist fell rushing. Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
Support for the Gestalt Gardener comes from Old House Depot. Antique windows, doors, shutters, flooring, and exposed beams. Architectural salvage, custom carpentry, you name it. Open 9 to 5 Monday through Saturday, 639 Monroe Street in Jackson. OldHouseDepot.com. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. You have a big decision to make on November 8th. A date which will live. Ask not need in, my in what your Mr. Gorbachev. We will keep this promise to the American people. Be informed. Listen to this station every day. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, welcome back. Horticulture's fell rushing. Talking about gardening here. It's real easy here on MPB. We call it Think Radio. Sometimes it's Scratch and Think Radio, but we'll get it done. Let's go talk with Frank, who's calling from Jackson. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Felder. How are you doing today? Oh, fine, doing better than I deserve, and I'm glad to be in air conditioning, too. Great, right. Well, what's up? I, I still owe you an email so you can feng shui my uh, the walk up to my house. Okay. I'll get to it eventually. But I have uh, decided to repurpose about two acres of land that I have just let go wild behind my house. Uh-huh. I want to put in some fruit trees for my grandchildren. Yeah. Can you recommend a mix of trees that do well in Mississippi? Yes, I can. Matter of fact, I've been working with, with home fruit all, literally all my life. I was raised by a great-grandmother who had pears and peaches and plums and pecans and jujubes and pawpaws and, blue, you know, the the whole thing. I was raised with that. And I've been doing this a long time in my own gardens. Uh, but at, I also have a real simple uh, uh, publication I put together. It's free. It's an email thing that I can send you that has the list of not just the best types of fruits, because some types do better than others. We can't grow cherries in central Mississippi, for example. It's not cold enough. We can't grow bananas because it's too cold. But there's all sorts of types of fruit that grow well in the landscape, and then it has the best varieties of each type that are more disease-resistant of production or like our kind of weather. And if, so, if you'll just send me an email, I'll send you a copy of that just right away. But in general, I would stay away from peaches and plums because and they're real, real popular, but they tend to have a lot of problems with insects and diseases. And uh, you, I don't know if you necessarily want to be spraying all the time, but peaches and plums typically need to be sprayed. And there are a few varieties of apples and pears that do pretty well without a, a bunch of sprays. But blueberries, figs, muscadines, uh, oriental persimmons, there's some terrific fruits that look good, that grow well, that your your grandkids, you can enjoy, but your grandkids can enjoy without having to, you know, do a bunch of horticulture stuff to them. Okay. Blueberries, is that a tree? Uh, it's a bush. Bush. Uh, you, you plant blueberries or, you know, they can get you know, pretty good size, five, six, seven feet. But most people keep them pruned into, you know, waist-high, head-high type bushes. You need to have, I'll give an example of how that works. Blueberries like to have little extra stuff added to their dirt because they kind of like azaleas. And you need to have two or more different varieties so they all produce a whole lot better. But And by the way, I always have a, a free home fruit uh, 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 workshop, usually late January, early February, and set it up, but it's at Hutto's uh, here in Jackson. But anyway, if you'll send me an email, I can get you a list of some, you know, a, a, an easy list, not one of these scientific things. It's 
written by me about the good, good fruits. Thing. Yeah. What about mulberries? Mulberries do pretty good. Uh, you know, they're kind of hard to pick. A lot of they make trees, and uh, a lot of people, you know, just let them grow up the trees. But they're hard to pick. They're like blackberries all scattered around the tree. But if you if you put them out there and prune them, you know, like some people prune the crape myrtles back and keep them nice and compact, they produce real, and you can pick them good. And uh, you know, they're they're pretty bad about staining your fingers and your lips. But I think this, that's just lanyap. Excellent. Thank you, Felder. All right. Since you mean email, though, I'll, I'll turn uh, that publication right around to anybody who wants it. Appreciate your call, man. And our email, by the way, garden at mpbonline.org. And I says just a, a, a fruit tree, a fruit tree, vine, uh, and, and shrub publication put together. By the way, the Kapai County Master Gardeners up to their stuff again. They're, they're doing a program this next Tuesday. It's going to be at the... Uh, um, at the, the Copan County Master Gardener uh, uh, Extension Office there at the fairgrounds. But this coming Tuesday is going to be Preserving the Garden Legacy, Benefits of Gardening, how you can pass along knowledge and plants and all. It's going to have a, a, a Dr. Sean Broderick, from, uh, who's an assistant uh, extension professor. It's going to be the Copan County Extension Service, which is at the Copan County Fairgrounds, just barely west. You can almost see it from Interstate 55 at ex- exit 65. It's free, uh, and it's going to start. Uh, I don't see when it's going to start. Uh, 530. 530 Tuesday, September 13th. And uh, again, if you've got some things you'd like to now, shoot me an email, garden M- at uh, garden at what what is it? Garden at mpbonline.org. Yes, garden at mpbonline.org. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm trying to read stuff on my phone and talk at the same time, and that just doesn't work. But I know what does work, and that's a blinking light and push this and see if we can talk to Donna in Meridian. Hey, Donna, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. What can I help you with? I have some cherry tomatoes in pots that I've been keeping going, but I'm getting some kind of stink bug on them, and they're awful. Is there anything to do to prevent them, to Mm. get rid of them? It's a a good question, Donna. And the little stink bug thing, the little fingernail-looking things, fingernail-shaped stink bugs. They're kind of shield. The bodies are kind of shield shaped. Yeah, yeah. Those are uh, uh, unfortunately those are among the hardest insects to kill, even with insecticides, because it takes a pretty stout thing. There is a spray that'll work. It's called pyrethrin, which is a natural product, by the way, and it's strong and it affects insects without bothering cats and dogs and people that much. Uh, you know, in other words, it's, it's it's pretty safe to use. It's about the only thing that I think that's going to be safe and stout enough to knock stink bugs down. But if they're, you know, if, if you just got a few there on a patio, heck, you can thump them with your finger, and that'll do about as good a job as anything. Does it? Does it have to touch the bug? Yes. In order to work? Yes. You know, you 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 can't prevent insects because they come. You know, most of the sprays we have only last for a few hours. They do a good job while they're there, but they're designed these days to break down pretty quickly. It's a it's an environmental thing, so you have to spray them when you see them. And that's true right. of, of, of almost anything. It's same with weed, weeds and insects. You've got to treat when they show up. Diseases you can prevent, but not the bugs. Okay. I, I wouldn't say I have a massive infestation. I doubt I could spray often enough and well enough to get them. 
Well, so I guess yeah. I'll have to try your bumping them off. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that works. It's not it's not that fun yeah. to do, but at the same time, on a few plants, it works. And again, the pyrethrins, you don't have to spray all the time. You know, when they show up, usually, you know, they come in waves. You know, you can spray uh-huh. and get rid of all those that are there, and you might not have any more. And okay. but if they may show up in two weeks, but you know, if you want to okay. use the spray, the main thing is don't 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 spray too strong. Just according to directions, and whenever they show up. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Good luck. I on. have one other question. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is a weed that has shown up in my yard in the last few years, and I think I've identified it as Carolina buttonweed. Uh, Virginia buttonweed. Got kind of Virginia, a slickly okay. little tiny white flowers. Yes. Yeah. Spread all over the place and have long, crinkly, elastic-like roots and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do about that? Well, when it comes to, do you know what kind of grass you've got? I have zoysia. Okay. Uh, well, look, zoysia and Bermuda grass will tolerate weed killers better than St. Augustine and Centipede. If you go to a garden center and get a liquid spray that's recommended for broadleaf weeds, you know, okay. because, the, you know, they're broadleaf weeds, they're grassy weeds, mm-hmm. and whatever the direct is called. The problem with the Virginia buttonweed, it's got a real slick leaf, and so it's better to spray a couple of times of, of, of a few days apart than to try to overdose okay. it at one time. Okay. But anything that will control dandelions or clover and stuff like that, broadleaf weeds, will control okay. this without hurting your zoysia. Okay, great. Okay, thank you so good l- much. Good luck on it. All right. Bye. All righty, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let's go to Grand Bay, Alabama. Hey, John, good morning. Hello. John, are you there? Uh, I, just wanted, I just ran across some information about pawpaws. Yeah. And uh, I was wondering if you want to talk about them a little bit. Just... Yeah, uh, Papa, my my friend uh, uh, Tom, who has so many different kind of fruits in his backyard, he picks. Uh, he I think he's picked over a hundred pounds of of uh, pawpaws in the past uh, a few weeks. It's a native plant. Uh, some people call it custard apple. It's sort of like a. You know, it's it, it looks like a, about a third of a banana. It's real creamy and sweet. It's a native plant, though, uh, and it grows perfectly fine in low wet areas or pr- just ordinary garden dirt. The problem is, though, it's better to have two or more different varieties out there so they cross pollinate, get a little bit better production. But it's a good native tree. I was raised with one, and it produced okay. If we had two different ones, we'd have a whole lot more. But it's just a good, pretty good yard tree, and uh, it's got nice little maroon flowers uh, in the late winter. And um, what else you want to know about it? Okay, how about mayhaw? Yeah, mayhaw. Mayhaw is another native plant. Uh, this is something we see a lot along the Gulf Coast states, and uh, and typically see it around areas uh, again in low wet areas because it grows well there. It's similar to a crab apple. It's got nice white flowers, and it produces in in uh, the early to midsummer. But uh, mayhaws and pawpaws are both native fruits, and they do perfectly well. In Grand Bay, there's no problem at all growing them. Okay, well, I'm uh, going to go ahead and get some, and I guess how long before they mature? Well, if you get a, uh, I recommend planting fairly small plants. You know, a lot of people get big ones. They spend more money to get a big plant. But I think it's always a good idea when you put a fruit tree in the ground to cut it off about knee high to make it start branching out low to the ground. And if you do that, then uh, if it's a, uh, it might take it, I don't know, two, three years before it really starts producing. Okay, well, thanks very much. All right. Appreciate your call. Right. Mayhaws, pawpaws, jujubes, uh, oriental persimmons. Peaches, pears, plums, apples, nectarines, 
kumquats, figs. We just talk about so many different kinds of fruits. But again, if you're interested in this, landscape quality fruits with a minimum of problems with them, shoot me an email and I'll send you my uh, little thing I put together on fruits suitable for deep south landscapes. Uh, And that's garden at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Tupelo. Hey, Dick, good morning. How are you, sir? Hello. Hello. Yes, good morning. Is this Felder? It is, and you're live, so keep it clean. How about that? I <laughs> uh, got a Japanese black pine in my yard. Uh huh. The needles come on, they're green. After they're there for a while, the top half of the needle turns brown. Now, the needle is still attached to the stem, and as you know, as pine needles do, eventually they fall off. Yeah. But as new needles come on, they come on green, then the top half will turn brown. Now, I was advised if I go in and just cut the top half of the brown off, uh, that that would be all right, which I did. And it didn't burn the needle. Yeah. But it didn't solve the problem either. Yeah. And uh, in, in, in my head, I see a picture of that. I have actually... I actually have seen what's causing that, but I can't remember what it is. You know, I've got that kind of brain. Uh, if Can I there, send you an email? If you, you if you would, because I know exactly where to go. I've got a, a nice little website that about diseases of of ornamental uh, conifers, and uh, yeah. and it's got pictures of all these things. And I've seen this, and it's actually almost kind of pretty. You know, because uh, it causes uniform. All the needles do that, don't they? That is correct. Yeah. That is every one of them does it, but it doesn't seem to harm the needle. Yeah, the that's needle that, die. That, that's right. But at the same time, if it is a disease, if there's something you can can treat it for that's not going to you know break the bank or cause any problems. That'd be fine. And shoot me an email, and that way I, I can so. I'll re- refresh my own memory. Sounds good, and thank you very much. All right, appreciate it. All righty, folks, so we've got um, another 30 minutes of talking about gardening. Got a couple of other events I want to talk about. The Hummingbird Festival going on this weekend uh, up in North Mississippi. Uh, got the Gourd Festival next weekend. Got a couple of the, the Kapai County Master Gardens is coming to you. Got some plenty of stuff to talk about. Uh, but we're going to take a real quick break and play some cheesy music that I guess keeps us in the gardening mood. This is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And, uh, you know, those Trekkies out there, woohoo! I remember when I was a kid watching it. That's how old I am. Um, but anyway, we're going to be talking about gardening here on Earth. You know, this little, little rock we call the world, the Earth, terra firma. Take a break and come back with more of the Gestalt Gardener. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be back after getting back into the garden. Put them in a tree museum 
charge the people a dollar and a half just to see you. Won't it always seem the goal that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Pay paradise and go to the parking lot. Pay for the farmer, put away the DDT. Give me spots on the apples, but leave me the birds and the bees. Green door slam. Then a big yellow taxi came and took away my old man. On and always seem to go. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. Pay paradise and go to the parking lot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. Pay paradise. Americans have a big decision to make on November 8th. MPB Think Radio is your voice for Mississippi. If you or your community has an event coming up and you'd like help spreading the word, send us an email. You've got mail. To PSA at mpbonline.org. There's a lot to be discovered about Mississippi. Like the little-known places you can visit on a Mississippi road trip. Or where to find a local brewery for a unique experience. Every Friday morning at 10, we take you on an hour-long journey through Mississippi. It's music, cuisine, culture, and history. And you never know where our next stop will be. I'm Mary Margaret Miller. And I'm Sharia Brent. Be sure to join us Friday mornings at 10 for Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okay, welcome back, folks. Horticulture's failed rushing. A handful of things that we've got going on this week. This is going to be a program called Beautiful Things from Mississippi. It's a seasonal floral design program. Uh, they're going to be using native plants, garden materials from Mississippi. It's free. It's open to the public. It's going to be Thursday, September 17th. Uh, excuse me, September 15th from 530 to 630. It's going to be at the Boston Extension Center uh, right there on the edge of the campus of Mississippi State University there in Starkville. Uh, uh, Dr. Jim Del Prince, he does a fantastic job. 
you want information about that, shoot me an email, garnetmpbonline.org. Uh, this weekend, there's a terrific thing going up in North Mississippi, Strawberry Plains Hummingbirds Festival. A lot more than just migratory birds and butterflies and stuff like that. It's about great plants for our urban gardens, uh, which happen to be native and good for pollinators, too. They're going to be catching, banding uh, hummingbirds. They're going to programs on that, programs on, on attracting pollinated butterflies. It's just a, a, the, the whole thing. It's September 9th through 11th. So it's going on today uh, and tomorrow also. Uh, the, the center, Strawberry Plains Hummingbirds uh, Festival, is, is on Highway 311, which runs just north of downtown Holly Springs towards Highway 72 up in North Mississippi. I'm going to try to get there tomorrow afternoon. They've got some fun speakers. Whole, they got great native plants for sale. It's just a really good, fun thing for grown-ups and kids, too. So if you want some information about that, uh, just uh, really just Google uh, uh, Strawberry Plains Audubon Center or Hummingbird Strawberry Plains. It'll take you right to where you want to go. But uh, Also, there's a really good little um, video about Strawberry Plains. It's a very evocative piece uh, you know, done by... Uh, a couple of wonderful, wonderful uh, videographers. And you can find that if you just do Blue Magnolia Films, Google Blue Magnolia Films, and click the the one called Roots. I've uh, got a few other things we're going to be talking about, but let's go to the phones uh, because we've got some folks been holding, including Jerry from Collinsville. Hey, Jerry, good morning. Hello. Oh, this is Sherry. Oh, Sherry, howdy. I'm sorry. i got my bifocals on again. Okay. We've tried unsuccessfully for several years to grow artichokes. Huh. Can they be grown in zone in the central Mississippi area? Sure. There's a matter of fact, there's a there's a big um, artichoke production thing over in Louisiana. Uh, now here's the key, though. By the way, I grow a. Type of artichoke is a type of plant that has a real similar plant that's called cardoon, and I grow cardoon because it's pretty. Same flowers, it just doesn't have those, you know, the 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 part you eat on the you know where the flower is. Anyway, here's a trick on it: plant them in the fall. Plant them in the fall. That's right. Where do you get the good plants? We've ordered online, and we've gotten beautiful plants. We plant them, and they just kind of grow for a while and then die out. Yeah, well, here, here's the deal. You know, if you can get some small plants, and, you know, they, they like sunshine, and well, they're pretty drought-hardy, so if they stay in a wet area, their roots can rot. But anytime you get a plant, even if it's just a tomato plant, it's real important when you pull it out of the pot to loosen up the roots, put the potting soil, mix it in with your dirt, instead of just pulling it out of the pot and stick it in the ground because that little bit around the root can stay wetter or drier than the soil around it. So as long as you sort of loosen up the roots a little bit and plant it in the fall, I think it's going to be best for artichokes. Okay. Where is a good source to purchase the plant? No earthly idea. You you, okay. uh, you, you can imagine how many different kind of plants there are. And the, the gardens, I, I just, you know, tr- your local garden center can order them, but uh, you're probably going to have to go online. Okay. And I've got a little bit more information about it, but it's pretty straightforward. If you want to shoot me an email, I might be able to find some place on, on, online that's, that's kind of local. But uh, shoot me an email. Let me see what I can come up with, and I'll give you just a little basics about growing them. But, again, small plants, loosen up the roots, full sun, not too wet, plant them in the fall. Thank you so much. Okay, appreciate it. Let me see. Let's go to uh, Pascagoula. Robert, what's up with your hey. antenna? Howdy. It's it's. We've been having it in our front yard, flower bed, looking good for about eight, nine years. Last year or two, it's like where the flowers go, and it looks like it's kind of it gets plenty of water, but it looks like it's either drying up or not right for some reason. So yeah, 
Uh, you what know, do you think? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I plant lantana. It's one of my favorite plants. It's a great, it's low maintenance, and I like it because you don't have to water. Matter of fact, uh, some lantanas have become invasive weeds along the Gulf Coast. Well, when when you, when when I was a kid, it was a weed in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and some variety, you know, some of the new varieties a little bit fussier than the you know the 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 old big wild kind, but. In general, as long as you get plenty of sunshine, a little bit of fertilizer, just a little bit, a, a whiff of fertilizer, and not too much water. Uh, sometimes mine bloom, one in the front yard, some years it blooms, some years it just leaves, and kind of funny smell of leaves at that. But uh, yeah. the only thing I suggest would be cutting it back, you know, and this time of year you might want to cut part of it back. It's still got plenty of time for new growth to come out and bloom. And uh, sometimes that not only stimulates new growth, it kind of shocks the plant into blooming. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's one, it's one of those. I think the more neglect it gets, the probably the better it'll do. And it we, just, we neglect we neglect the heck out of it. <laughs> well, you know, and you know they have problems with spider mites, but you'd notice that because the leaves look you know really bad. So I'm well, just the, yeah, the leaves kind of look bad sometimes. Uh, that. Uh, would it be white flies? Yeah, uh, white flies uh, on some other stuff. More, it could be white flies. Then they do get on there. You know, if you brush the plants and see a little cloud of white, little moth-looking things, that's what it is. But white flies and spider mites are pretty bad on lantana. But again, the most practical thing, because they're 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 pollinator plants. I don't know. You want to spray a bunch of insecticides on it. A lot of times, right. just pruning it back gets rid of the immediate problem, stimulates new growth that does a little bit better. And that's kind of a shotgun approach, but that's what I do. We'll give it a try. Thanks. Good luck. Appreciate it. Uh-huh. All right. Bye. All right. Now let's got a little blinking light here. Push the right one. This should be Sue Ellen in Canton. Is that right? Yes. Hey, thank you for holding and hanging on for a long time. What can I help you with? Good. Uh, Army worms. We had a large infestation in the Canton area, and when we found the first actual worm caterpillar, we sprayed pyrethrin, and that seemed as we looked around, we didn't see any more. Now it's been about two weeks, and we're beginning to see that little cream-colored moth come out of the grass. You know, yeah. when you walk across, you can kick it up. Right. So I've tried to research the life cycle as to when I should second spray or third spray. Can you help me with that? Yeah, a couple of things. you got Bermuda grass, right? Correct, in yeah. Georgia. Yeah, and, uh, you know, because th- that's the main thing. First of all, by the time you notice them, they've already done most of their damage. And if you you know, if you get a little rain and you fertilize your grass, it'll come back from armyworms. Armyworms are really a, a pretty severe but temporary problem. There is a spray, it, and you have to wait till you actually see them before you spray them. It doesn't do any good to try to prevent them. So uh, there, you know, you can get this pyrethrin work fine, but it, pyrethrin also gets the crickets and all the other good little things out there. Uh, you can get a biological worm spray, and they're sold under different brand names, but that's what it's called, biological worm spray. As soon as you see the caterpillars out there, spray it, and it makes them stop feeding almost immediately, and the birds and spiders that want to eat them aren't going to get poisoned. Oh, okay. So, you know, any time of caterpillars, I would recommend that approach. But, again, if you'll just mow the grass, water it, a little fertilizer, it's kind of late for fertilizer this year, it'll come back. It's not that, you know, it's alarming, but it usually doesn't seriously hurt the grass. Yes, and we've done that on a hybrid Buddha, and it has already come back. and. Mm. We were farmers with army worms before we were yard people. Yeah, so my, yeah. my question is, when I see the moth, how I mean, how far ahead of the next I, you know, I really be looking for the worm? I, I don't know because, you know, one moth can lay hundreds of eggs, and I don't know, you know, whether it's uh, uh, two weeks or three weeks before the egg hatches. I, I just don't know. But, but the, the thing is, though, the moths can be coming, you know, they can come in from a neighbor's yard 
without you notice them. The ones you're seeing may go to your neighbor's yard before they lay eggs. So the best thing I, I can do is just, you know, every time you mow the grass, just kind of look for the little worms, and when you see them, then do something. Yes, and you have all that storage. Our storage is so thick, you actually have to get down and park the waters there. Right, <laughs> and, you know, but, but storage is such a thick grass, but like I say, as long as you don't over-fertilize, if you fertilize sometime in, in April, zoysia and Bermuda grass, uh, Bermuda grass, you can fertilize it a couple of times a year. Zoysia, I think once is plenty, but as long as it's got a little fertilizer out there and occasional deep soaking, army worms aren't going to be that big a deal. Right. Well, some, just when you look at down the street, you see the neighbor's yard gone, it makes you kind of panic. But, I, I, know, uh, I know. I know. But it, it is, unlike, you know, uh, uh, cotton or soybeans or something like that, the grass will come back. Very good. Thank you. Okay. It's a good question. I, I can't give you straight answers, so, but that, so that's the approach I'd use. Yes, that sounds great. Thank you. All right, appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. All right, we're going to go to a little break and come back. We've got uh, some lines here where we're going to be talking about gardening, uh, Japanese maples, moving stuff and killing stuff, and coconuts and all sorts of stuff here, like a stalk garden. Uh, this is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. They've got a, a really nice gourd festival coming up in Raleigh next weekend. Uh, also, we're going to do something a little bit different next Friday. We're going to do a different approach towards the drive time. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, why do we do a whole week worth of drive time? We're going to do one day. And I'm, I've got a real special publication I'm putting together, a special thing on native plants and wildflowers that make good yard plants. And I'm not talking about saving the world with meadows and, uh, you know, fields and fields of wild. We're talking about stuff that looks good in the yard that happens to be native to the Gulf Coast states. We're going to be talking about it a little bit more later, but uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back with more of Gestalt Gardener. If you've got questions or things you'd like to share or, or to, to add to, shoot us an email, garden at mpbonline.org. By the way, I'd go online now, if you could, this week and start looking for varieties of garlic to plant next month, because a lot of times the garlic people run out. Coming up on MPB's At Issue, Kemper Controversy. Per megawatt hour, this is the most expensive electric generating facility in the world. Mississippi Power calls it the world's most advanced coal plant. If it were to work, then we might have a viable fix for how to clean up coal plants. But it's billions of dollars over budget and behind schedule. There's certainly no reason to continue to throw good money after bad. We take a closer look at the Kemper County Energy Facility on At Issue. Tonight at 7 on MPB-TV. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hello, okay, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's Phil Rushing. I'm going to be up at the uh, Strawberry uh, Plains uh, Hummingbird thing tomorrow afternoon. It's just north of uh, Holly Springs up up in North Mississippi. Also, the Gourd Festival next weekend. We've got all sorts of wonderful things going on. Uh, Jonas, can I ask you something? Sure. What's, what, what's, tell me about the drive time thing next week because we're going to, you know. I can't. Okay, don't know about it yet, right? I do a little. It's a secret, huh? But yeah. Okay, well, I, I, I'll just I, everybody tune in all day next Friday. Yeah, well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you something, just between you and me, nobody else listening, I've got the coolest thing. Right. Well, thank you for folks who, 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 who do it. Because so we'll, there's a thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, we're going to have lots of music at this thing. Yes. Okay. Tune, Tune in me. next Friday. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be fun. Well, meanwhile, let's go to, uh, to here in Jackson. Talk to Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy. Good morning, sir. Hey, Felder. How's it going? Fine. What's going on? I got a quick question for you. I've got a Japanese red maple in my front yard uh-huh. over over in Bellhaven. Is it a big one? Or, uh, it's pretty. It's pretty mature. It's about yeah. 10, 10, 12 feet tall. Yeah. And um, I just noticed after in this this past spring that the center crown of it um, had kind of not put on some leaves. So there's yeah. a few dead limbs kind of in the yeah. center of it and the top. So I was just checking to see if there's anything I could do about it or if it's starting to take a dive or, or well, what. You know, it's really weird. Over the years, I've had several. And uh, last year, I actually lost two. They were fairly young, but I lost them because they stay way too wet in the spring. And then it turned dry and I was gone. Japanese maples have a kind of a shallow root system, and even though they do well here in the deep south, they do better the further north you go. You see them in like New York and uh, Chicago and places like that doing great. They don't like our hot, hot, dry weather if they're grown in clay soil, which is what we've got here in Jackson. Yeah. So what I would recommend, uh, the, the ones I've got in my garden now, they're doing fine. I planted them on top of the ground and piled dirt up to them so they have better drainage during the wet uh, period, but they need a good soaking every month or so if we go okay. with them because of that but to answer your question it to me it's normal when i think of japanese maples i think of them being kind of bonsai looking because they've had dead stuff cut out of them you know mm-hmm. the, and uh, so what i would do is if dead stuff shows up just simply cut it out don't leave any stubs and and let it sort of start having this is what i call old tree character and then uh, give it an occasional good deep soaking but uh, hope that in our clay soil they don't stay way too wet in the winter which damages their roots Sounds good to me. All right. Good luck on it, Jeremy. Thanks, Felder. Uh, all the way up to Memphis. I say up to Memphis. Uh, it's down in Memphis from some folks I know. But, Kay, what's going on this morning? I've been waiting for you to come home. Well, I'm back. And I, I really never left because my heart's always right here. Oh, I know. And I listened to you. I enjoyed your my playing around over in, in England. So, anyway. Well, thank you. I have, two or, I have two or three problems. Okay. But, um I have a tree that I'm going to take out. It is terrible looking, and I want to put a crepe myrtle in its place. Uh-huh. I have a beautiful crepe myrtle that has come up, uh, uh, a volunteer, but it, it's a pretty one. But the problem is it has come up right next to my driveway, mm-hmm. and I don't. I, it will lose about 40% of its roots in taking it up. Right. Do you think I can root prune it? Or should I do anything ahead of time, and when should I move it? Uh, how, how big is it? Well, it's two years old. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not. Two, three year olds is not going to be a problem. What I would do is uh, when you move, I'd I'd wait till we get some fall, till it drops its leaves, sometime in the late fall of the winter, move Uh it, and uh, it's got a whole bunch of branches on it. Well, it just has four stems that I'm going to leave. Okay. What I would do is I would cut each of those back, but at different lengths so that it still has sort of a tree shape. In other words, don't just lop it off. But if yeah, you'll, yeah. When, when you move, if you'll just cut each of those branches back, uh, to, you know, to a, a little bit, then move it, it'll put out new growth next spring and won't even know it's been moved. Yeah, crazy murders are very hardy. They are, especially okay. the small ones. Now, the other is I want to get rid of stuff. First of all, how long is Roundup good in a bottle that has been in the dark for about three years, unopened, almost brand new? Is it still any good? It is. Uh, her, weed killers typically don't lose strength. It's insecticides that lose strength, but, but weed killers generally don't. Yeah. 
Well, it has been in the forgotten about area. Well, I'm I'm 86 years old, mm -hmm. and the last two or three years, I just have not felt like doing much outside. So that's the reason it's that I understand. Well, uh, now now don't feel like you got to mix it strong. Just use it like normal because weed killers, weed killers, they they do fine. Okay. The other uh, one, two other things. Uh, I have a weed. I don't know what the darn thing is. I got it. I know where I got it, and I wish. Heavens, I had never buried on my property. It comes up in my grass as a grass-like with a blue flower that closes at noon, and it has just come up everywhere in my grass, right. and I now, cannot poison my grass. Do, do the flowers, do they have three petals on them? Oh, Lord, I don't know. But it gets about knee higher, so, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, we, and it puts out a ferocious root system. You just can't. Trying to dig it up is almost yeah. impossible. I, I'm and, thinking, since you said the flowers close, I'm thinking it's a plant that a lot of people call spiderwort. W-O-R-T, spiderwort. It's a, it's a native plant. And, okay. uh, and uh, you know... You know, we, I really can't give a, other than digging it up, I really can't recommend something you can spray on the lawn that's, that's going to kill it. Oh, to spray on the lawn, can I wipe it? With yeah, a, a absolutely, bug? absolutely can, absolutely can. Okay. Listen, sweetheart, we're, we're right at the end of the program, so, so we we got to move on. But if you have a question about that, shoot me an email. Let's, let's chat that way. I have to call you next week. I want to get a, how to get rid of Benka Major. Okay, well, you know, we're just at the end of the program. We've got one more caller we got to take, but if you can send me an email, I can I can help you with it. Anyway, see if we can work Billy. And I, you know, I hate to cut Kay off like that, but we need to talk for a long time with Kay. How are you this morning, Billy? Fine. How you doing? Good. What can I help you with? Question is, uh, how do you propagate a coconut tree if you want to find one? And also, does kudzu produce seed? Yeah, kudzu is in the same family wisteria. Makes a makes a, a great seed. That's one of the way it spreads. Uh, kudzu's got a beautiful wisteria-like flower. It's got seeds on it. Probably right now you can grow it from seed. But anyway, uh, coconut is a seed of a palm tree. The only right. way you can get one is to plant yeah, a coconut. Find a coconut. It'll get to come up. Yeah, it's a seed. Okay. All right. Appreciate Thanks, it, Billy. Ooh, that was easy. But I want to talk so much with Kay. We got so much to talk about. She wants to get rid of Vinca, you know, Vinca uh, Major can really spread. But we got plenty of time to talk about that. You want to shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. Be glad to help you. A lot of things going on. Shoot me an email about it. But I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. My producer is Sir Jonas Adams. We've had uh, Sir Kevin in there being the phone greeter. It's a whole team effort here to bring gardening and partying together on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Same time, same place every week, folks. If you get a chance, go to Farmer's Market. Get you some garlic because it's going to be time to plant garlic soon. You're going to wish you had some. Uh, plenty of other things to be put out right now, but we're going to be talking about gardening every Friday and Saturday right here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Take a kid to a garden center, Farmer's Market. Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.